Hello friends, Uncle Marv here with another episode of the Reunion Podcast. This is my podcast that I started a couple of years ago during COVID, where I chat with family, friends, and almost famous people, and it has turned into eh, a little side gig. And tonight we are going back to the beach. Even though we did not have classes together, Susan Cameron, my friend, is from Satellite Beach. And we're going to be chatting with her this evening. Susan, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Marvin? I am doing fantastic. So, all right. So neither of us are at the beach right now. No. Uh, I am still here in Florida, however, in Fort Lauderdale. Where are you at? I am in San Diego and I'm on the West Coast. The West Coast. Yep. All right. San Diego, the, uh, the Navy town. Yes, and um, they just shot Top Gun here, so that's going to be awesome to see all the scenes from San Diego that are shot in the movie. Now, have you not seen it yet? I actually have seen it twice. Twice? I just saw it for the first time this past weekend. Ah. So I was one of those people that waited, thought, well, let's see how good this is going to be, because sequels sometimes haven't turned out so well, especially when there's so much time in between the first and second. So Mm -hmm. what did you uh, end up thinking about it? I thought it was really well done. And um, I thought, as you said earlier, that the storyline was really well done as well. Yes, that's what kind of shocked me the most, that they they kept the storyline good and tight. And they didn't overdo it with the flying and the dog fighting and all of that, that stuff, but they did a really good job. Yep. Yep. So okay. that's right. what's going on in San Diego. <laughs> all right. So the home of uh, Tom Cruise for now until, yep. until his next movie comes out, Mission Impossible 6, 7, or 8, whatever. <laughs> He's doing something right. He is. He is. All right, so let's uh, do a quick review for people. Uh, I mentioned that you grew up in the beach, but you're not there now. I'm not there either. So let's first start with how did you get to the beach and when? Um, I moved to Florida at age 13 um, from Vermont. So that was a bit of a culture shock moving there from Vermont. Now, when you say culture shock, I'm assuming that Vermont isn't really that much different from Satellite Beach because we were small. (laughs) well new england towns are a little bit different than southern towns and uh the southern bells with their makeup and their purses and their high heels was uh as a 13 year old pretty much a culture shock Mm. i never had to carry a purse before so (laughs) you know what's funny is i don't remember a ton of them but i do remember girls wearing makeup and doing their hair and looking pretty yeah so Interesting that uh, that's the perception that we get back then. Now, well, I another example is like uh, for prom, we had hoop skirts back then. You know, that's probably not what they're wearing these days. But, um, you know, wearing a hoop skirt to me is typical Southern Belle. Ah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I moved to Satellite Beach because I was an Air Force brat. My dad was in the Air Force, and we moved to Patrick Air Force Base. What prompted your family to move from Vermont to Satellite Beach, of all places? Well, my father, too, was in the Air Force, but he wasn't in the Air Force at the time. He had been retired. 
Um, but he moved to uh, work at Harris Corporation. So he was a private um, corporate pilot for Harris Corporation. All right. And the Harris was big in our area there. They were mm-hmm. sponsor of my junior achievement companies. Yeah. So yeah. very interesting. All right. And now did you stay all through junior high and high school? Yes. Yeah. All right. And I even went uh, three years of college there. At Brevard Community? I went to Brevard Community for the first two years, and then I went to Florida Institute of Technology for the last year. And then I went to chiropractic school in Chicago for four years. Okay. So FIT doesn't strike me as a health-type school. That was more science, technology. I was about to say you're super smart if you went to FIT. but <laughs> Well, I think I took uh, chemistry, organic chemistry, physics, uh, so those were the classes that I took there. Psychology, I think I took psychology there. They were all the prereqs that I needed for um, chiropractic school. Oh, interesting. So you knew you were going to be a chiropractor? Yeah. Early. Yep. All right. And what prompted that? Um, my father was always into health foods and more alternative um, medicines and stuff. So he kind of, I wanted to go into either pediatrics or OBGYN. And in high school, I actually hurt my back and I went to a chiropractor. And so it was my first like, oh, yeah, this looks like something I could do and something I would enjoy doing. But it was really my father kind of guiding me towards more of a holistic type medical background. All right. Can I ask how you hurt your back? (laughs) My boyfriend at the time was carrying me over the threshold and kind of pretending that, you know, carrying over the threshold and he dropped me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, oh my, is he, is he somebody that I might've known? I don't know. His name is Steve Smith. I don't think he went to high school with us. Uh, I went to Brevard Community College with him. Um, but yeah, I don't think he went to high school with us. Steve Smith. Hmm. His brother did Kevin Smith. He might've been in your class or the class below you. I, I, don't recognize the name. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we don't know each other because I'm somebody that a lot of people knew, even though I didn't know them. Yeah. I think his brother went to satellite high school, but he had already graduated when they were there. So. Okay. All right. Pretending to carry over the <laughs> I'm sure that didn't help, you know, his cause down the road, did it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, all right. So, yeah, so we have established, so we, we were not in the same class. No. Uh, I think you I were. I was class of 84. So you were one year ahead of me. Yep. And you were smart, uh, FIT bound, chiropractic bound, so we probably didn't have classes together, or did we? Um, I don't know. Computer I, math, math, we had basic English probably. Well, Psychology with uh, Doctor or Professor Ballard, and uh, oh, no, I was I, a wrestling scorekeeper. I think I had asked you if you were a wrestler, and you said no. You were into basketball. I was not a wrestler. I certainly did not take psychology. I did take um, some science classes. Uh, so for some reason, physiology seems to stick in my head that I took that class. I don't know why. Where uh, we dissected cats or something like that. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. it's. Frogs in seventh grade and cats in high school or pigs. I don't remember. I think it was a beetle pig. pigs. Yeah. 
I think it was a pig. Um, and then I t- did take some high-level math courses. I did take trigonometry and mm-hmm. some other some other math courses I don't care about anymore. Yeah, math and science were my favorite, but uh, yeah. Favorite? <laughs> well, I didn't like I didn't like English or history or that kind of stuff, but math and science was where it was at. And I took Latin. I think I had four years of Latin. Okay, I didn't take that either. <laughs> My goodness. So did you hang out with, what was his name, Mr. Thweet? Um, that was computer math. Yeah. I didn't. I hung out in his class. <laughs> I hung out more with Coach Aller in the wrestling post, in the wrestling bus, traveling around with the team. <laughs> yeah, I remember Coach Aller. He did, I think he coached us football one or two years. Yeah. Uh, but I did not do the wrestling. Didn't, uh, I don't know. Wrestling wasn't my thing. It was football, track, and basketball. Yeah. All right. And uh, trying to think of what else we may have had in common. It seems like we don't have a lot in common. Or we didn't back then. <laughs> Not back then. No. I did go to basketball games. I probably cheered you on. Yeah. Just not in a little red and white skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was how you broke your back or hurt your back. I was <laughs> no. you know, tossing each other around and stuff. <laughs> I was on the wrestling team as a scorekeeper, not wrestling. <laughs> All right. So just to give everybody a kind of a full circle view, the reason you and I are have been chatting now, even though we didn't chat back then. So, you know, we've all gotten onto the Facebook and all kind of friended each other. And especially when the reunions were coming around and we started combining classes during COVID, uh, which, by the way, was a very very great idea. I don't know if that was uh, Tina Veltri's idea who ran our last reunion, but whoever helped her with that idea, fant- fantastic idea. Yeah, I should have went. I didn't go. Well, it was a long trip. Yeah. Yep. It was a long trip. But we've been uh, chatting on the Facebook. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I have a new podcast that will be debuting soon uh, called Live Healthy, Be Happy. And you uh, run a Facebook group and you're trying to help people learn how to eat healthy and be happy. So (laughs) (laughs) So we'll we'll talk about that just a little bit, but we'll save that because I'm going to have you as a guest on that particular podcast. But you mentioned that you wanted to be a chiropractor Mm -hmm. and you've now ended up doing a lot of stuff uh, with keto. But uh, tell me about your journey in chiropractic life, because that that's not a normal path that a lot of us take. Um, well, I went to chiropractic school, and then actually when I graduated, I went back to New Hampshire, which was back to New England um, for a few years, and then down to South Carolina for a year, and then moved out here. Um, so that's my journey with where I moved around after school. I was in New Hampshire, um, South Carolina, and here to San Diego. And um, just recently, um, I, well, 15 years, I've been a nurse for 15 years. So I'm actually a nurse right now, orthopedic nurse at the hospital. So I do both. Um, I've given up my practice, my chiropractic practice, but I'm still a chiropractor. But right now I'm practicing as a nurse, orthopedic nurse at the hospital. All right. So I was going to ask, because I remember when we talked previously, you had said that you, you know, had your own practice. 
So I'm I'm guessing that there was a period of time after we graduated into what the early 2000s where you know the chiropractic practice was probably booming, right? Um, they called it the Mercedes 80s. <laughs> yeah, that one just went over my head. Why did they? Call it? So I guess um, chiropractic was booming then, and then um, I would say the 90s and I graduated in 1992. So um, 90s and 2000s, I would say it just depended where you, what state you practiced in, um, uh, depending on insurance and how they reimbursed for chiropractic. Um, if I had stayed in Boston and New England area, I would have been paid a whole lot more than here in California, um, just the way that Medicare and Medi-Cal are structured and how. Um, that's how they base what you can charge. And um, so anyways, that's that living here and being in Southern California was worth not making as much money as I could have if I stayed on the East Coast. Um, but then I took care of my father with Parkinson's for 10 years. So that's why I gave up my practice. People ask, you know, why did you get into nursing? And um, for me, I took care of him for 10 years by myself very hard road. Parkinson's is not an easy disease to have to deal with. And um, so I gave up my practice and I went to nursing school. And now with the recession in 08 and um, 09, that's when I graduated from nursing school. Um, I didn't, I wasn't really affected. My job wasn't affected or my income wasn't affected by that recession. And certainly during COVID, it wasn't affected by this last recession that we went through. So in hindsight, I guess it was a good career move in that my financial stability and getting paid, you know, uh, getting paid vacation pay and um, investments and um, all the stuff that you get by working with a corporation that you don't get when you're a sole practitioner. So financially, it made better sense to do nursing, especially during that 10 year period when I was taking care of my father. Mm. So, they say that nursing is one of those professions that you kind of are called into. It's uh, it's not an easy profession, I can tell you that. Um, I love being a chiropractor. I loved having my own practice. Running a business isn't as fun as being a chiropractor. Um, but, uh, you know, I actually love being a nurse, and I bring that same um, connection with my patients that I do, even though in orthopedics, it's mostly trauma or uh, hips or knees, scheduled surgeries. So if, if, if it's a scheduled hip or knee, they're only there for maybe two days. So you're only connecting with them for two days. But I would say that those years of being a chiropractor and having bedside manner and really caring about patients is one of my strengths. Mm -hmm. And um, that certainly shows up with me being a nurse as well. Um, the trauma patients who are in traction, you know, with multiple fractures, they could be there for weeks to even months sometimes. So um, I kind of like that area, even though I, again, was more interested in maybe OBGYN or pediatrics when I was in high school, thinking that would be an area even that I could go into in nursing. Um, and there's part of me that still was curious about OBGYN and delivering babies. But I think I was in brain injury rehab. 
And so that was more neuro and then ortho. They're both where my knowledge lies as from being a chiropractor is ortho neuro. So those are the areas that I've kind of stayed with, with nursing as well. Okay. I'm sitting here trying to think of all the smart questions I can have, but I, I don't have <laughs> the ortho neuro stuff. I, I know it's brain related, but <laughs> brain nerves, bones. <laughs> yeah. Other than asking about, you know, if you got to slice anybody, um, it's not a, not a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> we get to patch them up though. All the King's horses and all the King's men put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Yeah. So. Um, let me go back to, so I have a chiropractic question. So when I, um, let's see, probably about the time I moved to Lauderdale and I was uh, doing a lot of networking and meeting people for junior achievement, I was marketing manager. Uh, so I went to go call on a lot of businesses to you know get them to donate and stuff. And there was a chiropractor that was part of our networking group. Mm-hmm. I remember being in his office one day and he was showing me all of the equipment that he had gotten. And at the time I didn't think chiropractors really used equipment. I thought it was all, you know, you know, by hand only. Yeah. By hand, you know, pressure points and, you know, cracking bones and stuff. And he had this machine that was a little, I I want to call it a puffer machine where it would do a thing on the back of the neck. Mm -hmm. um, And it was something where it would just do like a, I, I, I call it a puffer, but I think there was a little device that would hit the neck in a certain place. Uh, did you mm-hmm. get to work with equipment like that? And am no. I just yeah, right, first of all? <laughs> no, that is something that he probably used. Um, there's a lot of chiropractic that deals just with the first two vertebra because that's the base of the brain and uh, brain stem. And by relieving pressure there, you can correct a lot of things. Um, so, but I never used any machines like that. I just had the tables and I did trigger point work, which is the pressure points that you're talking about. Um, and, you know, structural adjusting with my hands. So I didn't have any fancy gizmos. Okay. All right. So we'll save that for the <laughs> healthy podcast. So let's chat about life. Um, what you've been doing out there besides uh, nursing and stuff? Well. But, you know, what do I do? I, what do I do for fun? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have been a better question. <laughs> what hobby do you have? <laughs> well, being a night nurse and sleeping during the day kind of cuts into the social life. But on my days off, I like to go sailing or boating in the bay. Um, I have a group of friends that live on Coronado. So there's bunch of activities that they have for all the holidays we just had a fourth of july picnic and it was the whole weekend long you know horseshoes and cornhole and competitions bocce ball competitions with barbecues and paddle boarding and kayaking in the bay that kind of stuff so all right now when you say sailing <laughs> so it's not we're talking you know not the small little sunfish boats are we talking regular sailing boats or uh, regular sailing boats, catamarans, um, 35 to 48 foot boats. So, um, you know, good size boats. Okay. The catamaran's the one you have to work at, right? Well, both say, well, actually sailboats, catamarans are a lot more stable because they have the, the two, the two base, um, you know, 
I don't know what you call it. <laughs> You're more squarely on the water, whereas a sailboat keels goes right or left, you know, a lot more frequently. So uh, catamarans are definitely more stable and you get a smoother ride. Okay. So are they similar in the sense that when you do the sail and you have to... Yep. Tack back and forth and and have the boom go from one side to the other. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you do what what we always see in the movies with the catamarans where you put one up and out of the water and you're sideways <laughs> flailing down the water? No. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Hey. The bigger boats are, like I said, more stable. They don't keel more on the one side or the other. All right. Yeah. Because that is what but they do. Those so. little sunfish, those yeah. little two-person sunfish boats. I did take my very first sailing class at Brevard Community College. That was one of my PE credits. And um, so we sailed in those little sunfish, I think, in the river. I guess the, the Banana River is where we were. We had to be either in the Banana or the Indian River for that PE class. That's it. It was either that or... <laughs> Or um, water skiing. We weren't, we weren't out in the ocean. I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. So sailboating. Now, is there a bay there? Yep. San Diego Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, is that one where they have like all the big boat parties where they all tie up to each other? and? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we have, um, there's a concert series that happens in the summer. It is the Radies um, Shell, I think they're calling it now. It used to be the Embarcadero. But they have a um, bunch of concerts, and people can just take their boats and just anchor right outside of the concert and watch the concerts for free. Interesting. And just now, during 4th of July, they have four barges along the length of the bay. And so it's the same, um, the same fireworks show on all four barges. And so it lights up the sky. It's amazing, our 4th of July. Okay, so I can understand watching the fireworks from the boats, but how do you watch mm-hmm. concerts from the boats? Um, well, the the concert shell is on the side of the bay. I mean, it's literally right there. There's a sidewalk between it and the seawall. So um, any boats that are in the bay, you can anchor right there and watch the concert and or at least listen to the concert if you're not within viewing distance okay and then there's another um, little in shelter island which is right at the foot of the bay um there's another concert series at a place called humphreys and what's known for that area is everybody takes their dinghies their little dinghies and they uh anchor up and watch the concerts there it's not a uh, big enough because it's kind of in a marina area that doesn't allow for big boats to be there, but people will bring their dinghy. So that's something fun to do as well. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know many sailboats that have dinghies or do they? Um, some of them do. If they're big enough, they do. Or people will just have a dinghy if they need to get around and they don't, you know, some people moor their, um, their boats, not at a dock, but they moor it out in the water. So you need a dinghy to go back and forth to get to your boat. So, okay. I thought that was just in movies where they put their, (laughs) I thought every boat should have been in a, in a Marina, either dry dock or in a bay. Yeah, no, I mean, there are, um, there's 
boats that are anchored out in the bay, just anchored out, that are still part of a marina, but they're not on a dock. But they're bigger boats, right? Some of them are bigger boats, yes, because they're not maybe not big enough to fit in the marina. Or too big to fit in the marina. Yeah. Okay. Now, who in the world would just own a dinghy? I mean, a lot of people just own dinghies because you could get four to six people in some of these dinghies, and it's a way to it's a way to be able to have it on a trailer in, in your driveway, and then you just trailer it to the to the bay, and then you can just get in and drive around. Some of these dinghies are pretty big. <laughs> you have a okay, so I'm looking at images of dinghies, and these look like regular boats to me. Well. There's little two-person dinghies, and then there's some that fit like six people. Because my thought was a dinghy was a little boat that you had to row, but some of these you can put a motor on. Of course, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's see, Marvin. (laughs) I stay on land where I know I'm safe. (laughs) Well, you're in Fort Lauderdale. You've got some of the biggest boats in the biggest marinas down there, man. But when you have a big boat, you ain't got to work about all that stuff. <laughs> I want one of those boats that, you know, sleeps 15 to 20. I would like one of those too. So when you get one, you invite me. <laughs> yeah. Take a number because the wife has been waiting for a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I have a friend here. He's a yacht broker. So he might be able to fix us up. Maybe he can just take us out and we can pretend we're interested in buying one. <laughs> So they used to have a boat rental company down here, and I don't know if it's still around because it it used to be, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Fort Lauderdale, but uh, the New River downtown, there's a restaurant restaurant that used to be called Shirttail Charlie's, and it was right next to a little dry dock place where they rented boats. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some friends of mine would go in and do that, and, you know, it's it's not cheap. You know, you rent a boat for, you know, a thousand bucks, whatever like that. So yeah. when that disappeared, I'm like, Oh, just when I was thinking I would go rent a boat. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. If you get like maybe eight people, 10 people on a boat and then it's just a hundred bucks each, that's not so bad. Now you have to factor in the cost of gas it costs $600 just to fill enough gas to motor around the bay for a few hours. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not cheap. That's where the rich friend comes in. You pay for gas. <laughs> we got covered. All right. So let's see. What else has happened out there? Now, are you into football at all? Oh, the char- like the seeing the Chargers? They moved out. <laughs> we don't have the Chargers anymore. <laughs> they you're, abandoned us. You're one of the reasons. They had no fans. <laughs> well, I think I might have gone to one Chargers game. Just one. Just I've one. been to more uh, Padres games. Oh. Ah, the Padres. But they're not really they haven't been good for a while, have they? I guess this year they're they last year and this year where they've been pretty good. They've got Tatis and some good players. Because everything's Los Angeles. I mean the Dodgers have been uh-huh. the thing and the Lakers and the Clippers are the thing. It's you're like you're like the uh the little brother to Los Angeles, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's kind of suck. Well, if you're into sports, <laughs> it doesn't really phase me too much. All right. All right. So no questions. But we have one of the best ball fields. I would say we're top three. 
And I've been to Astros. Um, their, their new um, baseball field is awesome. It's, you know, in, it can be totally enclosed and be inside and air conditioned. And um, but we're right on the bay and it's a beautiful baseball field. And I would say probably um, T-Mobile Park up in Seattle is a good uh, park as well. Okay. I'm but like, I'm, you're well, not into baseball that much, obviously. Huh? No, I. Um, <laughs> that's just one of those sports where I'll watch every now and then. But yeah. unless it's, you know, Yankees, Red Sox or, you know, or one of those underdog stories, you know, to see if the Braves will, you know, find a way to choke. <laughs> you know, year, that sort of stuff. I just, baseball has not been my sport. Yeah. Well, I'm not one to watch a lot of um, baseball or football for that matter. All right. You haven't brought in the Canadian. You haven't asked about the Canadian background. I share with Veronica Rudan. Yes. I, okay. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, my family's did. originally from Canada. So we're more into the hockey. The hockey. <laughs> So, were you from her area though? Because she's, um, what is it? She's from Niagara Falls area on the Canadian side, which yeah. is what is that like an hour from Toronto? Um, yeah, I would say it might be. It depends how close she is to Niagara Falls. Um, when I was in chiropractic school, my boyfriend at the time he was in St. Catharines, which is right near Niagara Falls. Okay. And um, I, when I was talking with her, she she's familiar with that area. So, um. But I, my family's from Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba, and then my dad's family was in Montreal. So when we lived in Vermont, we were just two hours from Montreal. So most of my Canadian time spending in Canada was Montreal. Okay. And I'm quickly Googling because I, I have no frame of reference when it comes to Canada. All I know is that <laughs> Toronto is close to Michigan. Yes, that and is correct. Then everything else was on the other side but well so. winnipeg is uh, in the geographical center of the north american continent so uh it's <laughs> right above north dakota <laughs> oh, my relatives is. my relatives would go south for the summer they'd go south to north dakota <laughs> all right so now in canada so now a lot of that area in between like winnipeg ontario Ottawa's that I mean that's just all it's like I don't want I was going to say wasteland but that's not correct it's, it's probably it's, farmland farm, uh, okay. yeah it's a big farming community what else is up there now so you you said your boyfriend lived near Niagara Falls so where were you guys at when you were living up there well, I wasn't living up there with him. That was when we went to chiropractic school in Chicago. So I'm off, we, the, I'm off the boyfriend, your, your family. You said, you. <laughs> oh, well, anyways, um, um, my family was there. Well, my dad was in the air force. So he, the reason why we came to the United States was he joined the American air force. Okay. So, and then my brother was born in Texas. So he was an American citizen, but I was born in Germany. So I was German Canadian. Okay, so your family's basically defectors, is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he fought for the American cause, so there you go. <laughs> of course, you know, born in Canada, flee to the United States. Yeah, we're we are. Um, oh, uh, what do you call it? Um, 
well, what do you call the Mexicans that are trying to get into the United States from the South? So we were Canadians trying to get in the United States from the North. <laughs> called illegals. <laughs> immigrants by, you know, normal people. The you, Canadians don't get such a bad rap as the Mexicans do. So. <laughs> no. Because Americans go to you for free health care. <laughs> that is true. Hookacanook.com. Go there. Check that one out. What is Hook it? Hookacanook. <laughs> if you need health care, hookacanook.com. Hookacanook? Hookacanook.com. Okay, what is that? Like, oh, <laughs> you can get a Canadian wife and get free health care. <laughs> really? Really? There it is. Hookacanook.com. <laughs> 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 He's going there now. <laughs> oh, wait. The domain Hookacanook is for sale. Oh, Oh, that was old news. Sorry, gave you old news. <laughs> wow, that's uh, oh, wait a minute. Did I spell it right? Hookacanuck.com. Hookacanuck.com tries to get Americans. Oh, that's that's no. Americans really are as blind and as stupid as they appear, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hooked me. Okay, well, here's, okay, it looks like they, cqcounter.com, Hooker Canuck, meet Canadian singles. There you go. Uh, com. so it looks like it expired, and they didn't. Oh, uh, I think it was, um, that was probably 15 years ago, I'm thinking. Whenever that Michael Moore movie, um, uh, Sicko, came out, the uh, about the healthcare. It was, the McDonald's one where he. Well, this was the healthcare one. I think it's called Sicko. It's actually a good movie, talking about American healthcare and and how people can go to other countries to get their medications and or their healthcare much better than yeah capitalism in America. That so, socialized medicine that yep. everybody thinks is so bad is not so bad. So apparently, the Hooker Connect site didn't do so well. Apparently. Apparently, us Americans weren't as dumb as you think. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that people know about it, they're going to watch your show and they're going to be streaming into to Canada to hook a Canuck. <laughs> oh, look. So there's a YouTube thing on it. Hook a, to, hook a Canuck, June 29th, 2007. All this and free health care to author Michael Moore. Yep. So I wonder if he, um, yeah, 2007. I'm going to stop it so it doesn't start playing. Which was about 15 years ago, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. We got something uh, <laughs> good out of Canada tonight. Fishfindermounts.com. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> to mount your fish. <laughs> it's important. But Florida, you, there's some pretty good fish to mount in Florida, too. <laughs> yeah, but right now we're dealing with pythons. We're pulling... We're pulling pythons out the Everglades in uh, record fashion. Oh, yeah. They found uh, two more over the weekend that were about 17 feet. Uh, and one of them had just had babies. Um, they found 140 hatched eggs. So uh, not a good sign that we're going to have a whole bunch more pythons loose in the Everglades. Is this all from people's pets that they just let go of? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they think that uh, years ago people were just letting them loose, and you know they they reproduce at a prolific rate, just like rabbits. 
and out in the Everglades, you know, they're they're eating the gators out here. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's one I have to say with Southern California. You know, everybody's like they don't want to live in California, but maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> but it's it, it's there's no bugs. We don't have. Well, I guess you could have cockroaches, but we don't have cockroaches. We don't have mosquitoes. We don't have, I mean, there's flies, I guess, and certainly the occasional mosquito, but there's no bugs. Um, no, uh, what are the love bugs in June? No love bugs that are eating up your car paint. <laughs> there really is no alligators or, I mean, the only thing we have is rattlesnakes and mountain lions yeah, yeah and coyotes, but the coyotes are just for the your pets you don't leave your pets outside at night because of the coyote yeah i guess uh having an everglades and a marshy system around that that breeds all that stuff so oh. to have a nice bay and ocean breeze you're not gonna have it nope and we're desert on the other side so um and so actually what's nice about san diego is um you could be at the beach and within 45 minutes you're in the mountains so you you basically are a beach, and then you go through the desert, and then you go through the mountains, and then on the other side of that mountain range is more desert. So are you saying that should be their uh, tourist <laughs> um, uh, mantras there? I didn't think you guys were that close to the desert. Yeah, we are. El, El Centro is uh, de- desert, and um, Borrego Springs is desert. Um I thought it was mountains. Well, we have mountains, like I said, but on the other side of the Cuyamaca Mountains is um, is desert, where it is 120 degrees, probably even today. There it is, the Colorado Desert and the uh, Anza Borrego Desert State Park. Yeah, and I think uh, Teresa um, Teresa Tree Self. Teresa Hoxima, Teresa <laughs> Tree. Tree self. <laughs> she and her husband are uh, in the RV trailer traveling around, and I just saw she was in our desert, and she's very glad to be out of the desert now. <laughs> Did I miss that? Is she on the Facebook post? She's on the Facebook, and she's traveling around. She was pretty close here. I told her if she's in San Diego to look me up. Oh, we gotta, we gotta follow that. Yeah, I'm so far behind on my Facebook stuff. <laughs> Well, I guess they were just in the desert and they were glad to be out of the desert because it's pretty hot. (laughs) I would be glad to be out of the desert, too. Even Vegas. They were in Vegas. And um, Vegas is time of year. Uh, We can go to Vegas for $39 a night at some of the like Treasure Island or or the Mirage. Some of the the hotels on the Strip for locals can be $39 to $79 a night. But it's 120 friggin' degrees outside. Yeah, if all you're going to do is stay in a casino or watch a show, that's great. But uh, yep. to get out hey, on- it's the time to go this time. This time of year, um, September, July. Uh, well, July's pretty rough. September is a better time to be in Vegas. <clears throat> Are all the shows still going on in the summer? Yes, I think um, I actually was there at the very first, the very first start of COVID, which was when in 2020 2020, yep i was in vegas in april of or march of 2020 because march madness was happening there and they shut march madness down um to outside viewers only the players 
and team members could be in the stadium. And um, they shut down all the um, the buffets, but all the restaurants were still open and the shows were still open when I was there. But it literally was the weekend they shut down Vegas. It was a ghost town. It mm. was amazing to see. Yep, that was the year that Florida State could have won the national championship. From March Madness? Yep. Yeah. Well, the person I was with, she is uh, from Arizona, so she was rooting for whatever Arizona team. And she was upset that she couldn't go. <laughs> but we did get to go to all our shows. All the Vegas shows were still open that weekend. They hadn't closed down yet. But literally that week, it was a huge um, contractors convention. And it went from being really crowded, normal Vegas to a ghost town the last two or three days that we were there. The strip was empty. It mm. was just amazing how fast it cleared out. People are like, weren't you afraid to be in Vegas during COVID? And I'm like, no, because there's nobody here. <laughs> I'm more socially distanced here than if I go back home. <laughs> so this weekend should be pretty busy there. Journey is going to be performing in Vegas oh, yeah. tomorrow night. And in September, they have um, the iHeartRadio Music Festival, which is a good time. So I is think. that Santana and Aerosmith and Rod Stewart and all of them are going to be there? Yeah. I, I don't know who's in the, in the lineup this year. Um, and wasn't it, wasn't it the iHeartRadio Music Festival where the, that shooter from Mandalay Bay? I... Google that one, Marvin. I remember that. I don't remember if it was the the radio festival. Yeah, I don't remember what concert that was, but I know it was a bunch of outdoor concerts. But anyways, not that we need to harp on that. Yeah, I think I'll let people Google that themselves. So (laughs) here is the lineup, though, for the 2022 Music Festival. Avril Lavigne, Black Eyed Peas, Diplo, Halsey, Mm -hmm. Lionel Richie, LL Cool J, Luke Combs, Marcus Mumford, Marin Morris, Megan The Stallion, Morgan Waller, Nicki Minaj, Pat Benatar, and Neil Gerardo, Sam Smith, and the Black Keys. Yep. So that is going to be September 23rd through the 24th. Yeah, that's coming up. I don't know if we'll get out there, but... Well, I I will not, because that is the weekend before a conference that I'm attending in Chicago oh, where I will be the uh, MC for that. So I, I will have, I will have to spend the weekend before. That was my college town, Chicago. Really? Chiropractic school. I was there in Chicago. So the bears and the bulls. (laughs) And you were there during uh, the heyday. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, um, we got to tour the bulls, um, uh, arena area um, with our physical therapy. Um, some of the students got to work with some of the physical therapists that worked with them. If they were in the sports, um, if they were in the sports injury uh, program, they got to work with the Bulls. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, probably not with Mike. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I was not with Mike. <laughs> oh my. All right. So there you have it, folks. We've just gone from, uh, Reunion podcast to uh, 
promotion podcast where we're telling you where to go, what to do this summer. Uh, yeah. Well, I, Vegas uh, is only five hours from here, so it's nice to it's a nice place to go just for a weekend or a long weekend. That's only a plane ride away, but I don't fly west of uh, west of Denver. I don't think. Hi. <laughs> you don't want to go over the mountain range. Well, I think that's about as long as I can sit in a plane without uh, going bonkers. Oh, well, so, then you do a connecting flight in Denver, and then uh, you do the other three hours. Got to be direct. <laughs> I, I hate di- uh, connecting. <laughs> got to be direct. So well, is, is there a direct I, from here to San Diego? I think Orlando. Yeah, Orlando, San Diego. There's direct, and I'm sure that there's a Miami, San Diego direct. Yeah, then I got to drive. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll figure something out, or you'll have to come back for the next reunion. So, yeah, I think that's. I a think better there's point. enough people out here on the West Coast. We should have a West Coast reunion. Oh, that's a thought. Mm-hmm. So, start a petition and send me the names, and let's see what we can do. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you think uh, we could get Tina Veltri to organize it? <laughs> I don't know. I'll, we can ask. We can ask. All right, Susan. Well, we have uh, we've got a lot longer than you thought we would, didn't we? Yeah. Well, I didn't know how long it was going to go, so because no, I don't tell anybody, we just get on here and talk, and whatever <laughs> happens, happens. That's so. good. All right, oh, it was fun. All right. Well, we are going to have you back, and once again, I will let people know that uh, the Live Healthy, Be Happy podcast will be starting soon. Susan will be on that, and we'll get more technical in the medical field and living healthy, and she's going to see if she can convince me to to do the keto plan. Oh, yeah. you Did you get your uh, products? Yes, I got my products, but I don't know where they are because I think she hid them because we had company over and she didn't want people to see. <laughs> well, when you get ready to use them, I will uh, walk you through it. So just I do, because you sent a big package. So I got I to gotta talk to you about which products are which and which order. And I mean, it's, that was, that was a, that was a big, (laughs) you got some things to play with for a little while. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you've stayed this long, thank you very much and hope you enjoyed this edition of the reunion podcast. Uh, We've got a few more coming up again and hope you'll come back and join us. Remember that we are trying to get back to our, live shows which are usually mondays at 8 p.m eastern i hope that they stay there and hope that you'll join us live and uh that's just gonna do it for this episode susan thank you very much for hanging out yes thank you for having me and until next time holla 